0: A couple of things I wanted to talk about. So I figured I'd start with music. Uh, Something in the news recently that, that a lot of you guys may have noticed is that Tool is actually coming out with a new album soon. And I don't know how many Tool fans I have in my audience, but I am a massive Tool fan. I'm not an elitist. So I don't think that you have to be smart to listen to Tool or... Anybody that doesn't listen to it is stupid or something like that. I hear a lot of that. It's not like that. Um, I just really like Tool a lot. It's one of my favorite bands. Uh, So I'm pretty excited about that because it's been 10 years or over 10 years since they released an album. Their last album release was called 10,000 Days, and it was in uh, 2006, so 12 years ago, 13 years ago, basically. So we got word that the singer, Maynard James Keenan, uh, he he tweeted that he was going to uh, be releasing the new album this year. It's pretty exciting. Looking up tour dates and everything, I'm definitely planning on going to a concert. They've got some going on in, um, excuse me, they've got some concerts going on in Florida, in North Carolina, and Illinois in May. With some pretty interesting bands, too. They've got Incubus, Korn, System of a Down. Uh, Some other bands will be playing with them in various locations. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Hoping I get to go to a concert. Because honestly, this may be their last album. This may be their last tour. Maynard is in his 50s now, the singer. So who knows? But yeah, a lot of people wonder, like, how did I get into Tool having been a Jehovah's Witness growing up. This band is not super great for Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't know of any other Jehovah's Witness that was like, that grew up with me, like from my Kingdom Hall, that listened to Tool, like none of them did, or A Perfect Circle, or Pussifer, any of the other bands that Maynard sings for. Um... They wouldn't even listen to, like, Incubus because of the name. Just because of the name. That is just over the top. That is such a vanilla band. Like, they're so chill and cool, and they almost never swear in their music. They're not hard rock. They're not heavy metal. They're just... I don't know. That band is so chill, and Jehovah's Witnesses won't listen to them. Or at least my hall wouldn't, because of the name, Incubus. So, anyways, um, my brother listened to... Tool, actually. When I was, I think, 12 or somewhere in there, he was 18 and he was getting married. And his wife at the time, or fiance or whatever, she listened to Tool. And she introduced me to their album. I don't know how to pronounce it. I, I shouldn't even try, but I'm going to anyways. I think it's called Anima. I actually grew up calling it Anima. But anyway, that, that it's kind of confusing to switch now. But yeah, I grew up listening to that album, and eventually I listened to Lateralis, and then I listened to 10,000 Days, and it's got just a really deep meaning to all of the songs. They all have such a deep meaning behind them. I just love the band, so that's pretty exciting news to me. Um, but yeah, I listened to a lot of Tool, and now that album, Anima, I guess is how you pronounce it, it's pretty heavy. It's one of their heavier albums. I think the only heavier album that they have is called Undertow, and it was right before Anima. And, you know, Anima was kind of the first one I listened to, so I I only listened to a couple songs from Undertow. Not a huge fan of that album, uh, really. But after listening to that, I got into some heavier stuff. I listened to a lot of Metallica and Pantera, and all of this was, of course... Without my parents' knowledge, they were not supposed to know that I was listening to this stuff. Um, they got pretty persnickety about it, but honestly, I had a computer. What were they going to do? They tried taking the computer away, but it's just not easy to do when with a teenager. It's hard to enforce, honestly. Um, I also listened to some Godsmack and things like that, surprisingly. It's kind of a little bit of a rebellious teenager at one point, but anyways... Um, Yeah, big fan of Metallica, big fan of Pantera, big fan of Megadeth, really liked Megadeth back in the day. Some of you may actually know that the singer of Megadeth went from being the guitarist for Metallica, which by the way, he's a killer guitarist, Dave Mustaine is his name, so he ended up getting fired or quitting Metallica or something, starting the band Megadeth, And it turns out he's an ex-Jehovah's Witness, too. Dave Mustaine is. Um, Over time, I think in the 2000s, his music started really going downhill, in my opinion. And as he became more Christian, he got really, really super Christian. Like, non-Jehovah's Witness. I don't even know what he was. Baptist or something? But, you know, he incorporated... Jesus into his music and everything. It really sucks, man. Uh, really sucks that happened to the music, because it was just really fantastic. Listened to a lot of Black Sabbath, too, um, and things like that, but my parents definitely warned against Black Sabbath, which is funny, because they both listened to Black Sabbath in the 60s, being hippies. Uh, my dad was a big fan of Black Sabbath, but... Um, They warned, I mean, my mom especially, she warned against it. She said it was music from Satan and everything else. My dad didn't really enforce the no Black Sabbath rule, but uh, yeah, he did enforce a lot of other rules about music. Anyway, music has always played a really big part in my life because, you know, no matter what, I've always had music there. It's always been there. And I've always found a way to listen to the music that I liked, no matter what. I always found a way, no matter how forbidden it was. I always found a way to listen to it. Um, so it it did play a big part in my life, for sure. The video I have here is Scientology's indoctrination video, basically. So. When I play the video, you guys on Discord are not going to be able to hear it unless you're watching the live stream. So, to give you a little background on this video, it's Tom Cruise. And I just about guarantee I'm going to get a copyright strike for it because I have music playing in the background. It's fine. I'll, I'll figure it out. But it'll be worth it to hear the guy talk. I thought about it before actually starting the podcast because I had the option of just r- just writing down what he says and then reading it to you guys so you can get a feel for what he was saying. Uh, and that would avoid the copyright strike problem. But sometimes I feel like it's necessary to watch the video, to hear the inflections in his voice, to look at his eyes and how they light up when he says certain things it's important to get the full effect from it. Copyright strike or not, sometimes I feel like it's necessary to, to watch the video in its entirety. Just like the, the Heaven's Gate video that I played a few Sundays ago. Um, I, got, I got hit with the Content ID system on the Heaven's Gate one, but it was worth it. To see how he talks to his audience. At this point, I played a Scientology indoctrination video with Tom Cruise, but the moment it went live, the live stream was shut down. So I'm going to have to cover it on my main channel. For now, we'll continue on with the podcast without the Scientology video, but watch out for it on my main channel. That is um, YouTube's Content ID system catching things. They are really, really good with their Content ID system unfortunately, but I will do that on my main channel now that I know that, you know, they're ready to catch things so quickly. That's really disappointing. I really wanted to cover that. You guys should see the look in Tom Cruise's eyes, just the things that he says. I mean, it's like, I don't know what it is, the difference between a cult member and somebody who isn't indoctrinated. It's just this fervor, this drive in them that that's unlike any other. But just to give you guys a little bit of background with it, actually, before I do move to guests, I do intend to move to guests in a second. From my understanding, I don't know how much you guys know about Scientology, but uh, Tom Cruise, he was kind of tangentially involved in Scientology. He, he has been for a long, long time. And he ended, up, uh, he ended up getting married to Nicole Kidman. And she wasn't a Scientologist. In fact, her father was a therapist. In fact, I think he was a psychologist. He could prescribe medicine and everything. And uh, L. Ron Hubbard had a really big problem with psychologists in general, with psychology. He's labeled them SPs, a.k.a. suppressive persons. That's what it means. That's what SP means. And it's, ba- it's similar to disfellowshipped people with Jehovah's Witnesses, where they don't, want that, they don't want their people talking to them or interacting with them in any way. Except Nicole Kidman's dad, he was not related to Scientology in any way, at any point in time. He was just a psychologist. That's it. As somebody told me, uh, Panda E actually mentioned from the Discord that they have the fair game policy. And the fair game policy is the one thing that I think makes Scientology worse than Jehovah's Witnesses. They're both cults. They're both harmful. I think Scientology is worse. Just from what I know of how it works. The fair game policy is the idea that... You can do or say anything in service of the organization. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses have something similar called theocratic warfare, but Jehovah's Witnesses are pacifists. They don't believe in hurting or fighting or, or, or anything like that. Scientologists have no issue with that. So what they'll do is they will gather information about somebody, and the moment they start questioning the group, a packet of information about this person will show up on a newsroom desk. Genuinely harmful, it's really bad. So anyways, Tom Cruise, back in the early 90s, he was into Scientology, and then he kind of faded away from it a little bit, got married to Nicole Kidman, whose father was an SP, and then over time, um, the leader, David Miscavige, got his top guys to get Tom Cruise back into the religion basically at any cost. And that's what they did. I think it was uh, Mike Rinder and a couple of others were working on it, were trying to get Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman split up. And they succeeded. They got them divorced, basically. They drove a wedge between them. They put cameras in their house without their knowledge to spy on them and did all kinds of crooked stuff. It was insane. And they ended up getting them. They they ended up driving a wedge between them, and they got divorced. And Tom Cruise just poured himself into this this religion. They ended up trying to leverage his position as an actor to push the religion even further, and they pretty well succeeded at it too. They gave him the uh, what what was it called the freedom. Award of Valor or something like that, and it's just this made-up thing. They made it up, uh, Scientology did, and they gave it to him, and he's, of course, the only recipient. Nobody else has ever received it or ever will, probably, and they just, you know, they're blowing smoke up his ass, just making him out to be this great, this amazing guy who does so much for society, and in this video that I was going to play, I guess I'm not going to now, you can see the fire in his eyes, the craziness in his eyes almost. So I just got two emails from YouTube. One email said, uh, let me just find it here. I can't find it, I must have archived it, but it basically said I got a copyright strike. So YouTube has a content ID system, right? Where they, it's uh, an artificial intelligence that scans videos for any copyright violations and they can do one of two things. By default, the content ID system just takes the... it monetizes the video, takes the money it makes, and gives it to the owner of the copyright. Um, That is what happened with the Heaven's Gate video last... uh, a few weeks ago, whenever I did it. In this case, with Scientology, They actually gave me a strike, a copyright strike. And a copyright strike, you can only get three strikes and then your YouTube channel is deleted. Uh, Hugo and Jake went through this whole thing. They had a big problem with it where they kept getting copyright strikes uh, from people and they would challenge it. And, you know, they got up to, like, two copyright strikes, one more, and their channel is gone kind of thing. And then they finally started, like, a fundraiser to, to challenge it in court. It cost like, $100,000. Really expensive. Well, anyways, they ended up, the people who filed the, the claim dropped it because they knew it was in the wrong and all this other stuff. Well, anyways, so I get a copyright strike, not a content ID claim, but a, a straight-up copyright strike. And then I get a second email from YouTube that says, Hi Telltale Podcast, good news, David Miscavige, which, by the way, that's the owner of Scientology or the leader of Scientology, David Miscavige has just released their copyright claim on your YouTube video. This means your copyright strike has been resolved unless David Miscavige is still claiming other videos included in that strike. So they actually... (laughs) They actually released the copyright strike like immediately. Basically, the the emails were like three minutes apart of, from each other, or something like that. Um, so
1: it seems like they just wanted you to shut up.
0: Yep, they didn't want to go to court. They didn't want they didn't want to even risk going to court with me. I imagine they don't want to risk going to court with anybody because they know they're in the wrong. They just want to shut them up and be done with it. So uh, I'm not going to shut up. That's what that means. That means I can't shut up. Who was the first guest? It was struck by lightning, right? Let's see. Are you there? Can you hear me? Testing?
1: Test test. Yay. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. How are you?
0: Not too bad. So, I actually had you, or I've been talking to you over the past couple of days on the patron server, right?
1: right yeah, we've been talking a little bit.
0: So, what religion were you originally? Are you still religious, or...?
1: I actually grew up in an offshoot of the Presbyterian Church. So there's two main branches. There's the PCUSA, which is more of your liberal mainstream Christian um, Christian group, for lack of a better word. And then there's the PCA, Presbyterian Church of America. That's where I grew up. That is where you get, you know, the fundamentalism, you get the conservative, the evangelical. Um, it's it, it gets pretty intense from time to time.
0: Right. Very interesting. So what was it like growing up that way? Like, wh- tell me how you felt. Like, what kind of experiences did you have with it?
1: Oh, wow. I mean, how much time do we have?
0: <laughs> Lay it on me.
1: Okay, so it, it was it, it was pretty intense growing up in it. Um, the the way that um, Presbyterianism works is that you have uh, Presbyterianism, that make their own rules and then within the presbyteries you have churches that make their own rules as well so it's not a monolithic group um it it kind of depends church by church how things go my church was very very controlling um, to the point where we weren't allowed to listen or watch anything that was secular um because one of the main principles of at least my brand of Presbyterianism was that there is no such thing as secular. So it was a lot of like K love, a lot of watching like veggie tales and, um, things like that.
0: Really? No they, such thing as secularism.
1: Yeah. So um, one of the things that makes Presbyterians, you know, unique in their own denomination is they believe in predetermination. Um, they also believe that all of God's creation is holy um, and my church took it to an extreme, meaning that mm-hmm. all creation should act as if they are holy, um, if they are able to. So, if you listen to anything that was secular, you aren't acting holy, and therefore you're going against the church.
0: Really? Okay. Interesting. So, if you listen to anything that's secular, then you you're basically breaking God's law. Is kind of how they're they're playing it out, right?
1: Pretty much. I mean, we. Um, we were, we were controlled pretty well as far as the information that was told to us. Um, I actually, I, I told you this on the Patreon server, but I actually got in trouble for listening to Avril Lavigne. Mm. Um, and which was funny because that was nowhere near the worst of the things I had on my right. iPod, but we, the, the real indoctrination didn't really start until probably like 11, 12. And that's when they would send you to Either to week long and weekend long seminars where you were separated from your family, your friends from the outside, things like that, and just got alternatingly love bombed and um, got the fear of God installed in right, you. Right,
0: well. right. Okay. Wow. So is it fair? Do you feel like it was a cult? I mean, it sounds like it was. I mean, they seem to have hit a lot of the markers on the bite model.
1: Actually, one of my friends is an amateur cult enthusiast. And uh, over new years, we actually went through the bite model. Um, Mm. and we were talking about it and, um, funnily enough, the church I grew up in hit most of the markers that were on the bite model. Mm. Even some of the ones I actually didn't realize even applied, which like, like the identity one. Um, I didn't think that they necessarily took my identity, but that, my friend pointed out that's because I didn't have an identity to begin with.
0: Right. Okay. So how so? Like how, how was it that they kind of prevented you from taking on an identity of your own? Do you think?
1: Well, a lot of it had to do with the fact that we weren't allowed to explore who we were. Mm -hmm. Um, basically, you know, obviously we weren't allowed to explore anything secular. Um, we also didn't, get to have our own personalities. Right. Um, our, we existed to spread God. You know, we were a very evangelical church. And um, in that, I didn't really develop any social skills outside of being able to try to convert people to Jesus. Right. So my right. identity was being evangelical. We had nothing else besides that. It was basically just like a mask.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. I actually can relate really Heavily with what you're saying there, because Jehovah's Witnesses did a lot of similar things. Um, of course, with Jehovah's Witnesses, they use terms like "brother this" or "sister that," um, and that is one way in which they break down your identity too. You're supposed to be using, you know, th- these cult names for each other, uh, I, even though you, you know, one might consider calling somebody brother jenkins or whatever pretty common among certain religions it's still part of breaking down that identity it's a part of it you know did they did your group do that or
1: oh we got to keep our names but um Mm. that was about all we were able to keep we right um we weren't even able to wear the clothes we wanted to wear um Mm. growing up we had to to go to church we had your stereotypical like sunday best where you had to wear these ridiculously stuffy dresses yeah. if you're a girl or like these mini suits they relaxed a little bit um as we grew up where we were able to wear jeans and uh, by the time they did that i was already questioning the religion so to piss them off i decided to wear like my ripped jeans mm. it-, it didn't go too well
0: i bet it didn't how did they react poorly
1: poorly um but at this point i was about 15 and i I was already on my way out um my for for those of you who haven't been on the patron server my final act of rebellion was to actually go out and get a tattoo and piercings which was completely sacrilegious because your body is a temple
0: pretty big deal and
1: uh, talking to you um by the elders and actually escorted out
0: you were escorted out that is insane. Very very
1: quietly, of course. But yeah, um one of the elders like um while the ser- while the sermon was going on, one of the elders talked to me out in the main hall and he was telling me, Well, how are you gonna show people your tattoo? You're gonna have to take your shirt off, right?
0: Okay. And
1: me being the sassy fifteen year old was like, Okay, what's the problem with that?
0: Right. That sounds crazy. So, what happened after that? They escorted you out, and w- did you kind of? I mean, you were already on your way out of the religion at that point, anyways, right?
1: right. Yeah, I, I really started questioning. by when I was about fourteen, um, I was totally out. When by the time I was about sixteen, at that point. Um, Basically kicked out of my house and moved in with my boyfriend at the time um, mm. because I didn't really have anywhere else to go.
0: Yeah, that happens. So <laughs> I assume you hadn't finished high school at that point, right?
1: Right. I actually, um, I actually lucked out with my high school. Um, I I had I met a lot of friends who knew my situation and were able to help me out. Um, one of my mm. best friends. Um, actually more or less adopted me in. So if I couldn't find a place to stay, I could stay at her place. Um, e- even though I was technically living with my boyfriend, you, you know how yeah. um, high school relationships go. Yeah. Um, and then I was also working full time as a telemarketer to pay rent. And so half the time I was like passing out in classes because I'd work till like midnight or 1am and then be heading to classes at like 8am.
0: Yeah. I actually understand where you're coming from with that, because I also had to work at Burger King when I was in high school, but I wasn't even going to school. By the time I got kicked out of my house, I, I just stopped going to school and, and just continued working, because I couldn't do both, I felt. Although you seem to have managed it, I don't know how. It's really genuinely hard, and uh, so I ended up dropping out. Is that what happened to you? Did you end up dropping out, or did you finish?
1: At one point, like I had almost a mental breakdown and thought about just doing the GED, but I, I I did a lot of research into it, and I realized I would fare better if I just stuck it out and finished my high school education. Um, I actually ended up graduating a semester early, which made things a little Very bit nice. easier,
0: yeah.
1: um, but it, it was definitely tough. Like like I said, I was falling asleep in classes, and if it wasn't for having some really great teachers, I, I don't know how I would have made it through. Yeah. I, I probably would have had the same route that you did and just dropped
0: out yeah i remember um i was living in a trailer uh, with a roommate and i just kind of stopped going and eventually after like three or four months of not going to school they told me if i they told me that they were going to send my parents to jail if i didn't drop out or continue coming to school that's basically what they said and they basically said drop out now before you can't legally drop out anymore. It was, like, really bizarre just the way. I don't know why it happened that way. It was just really weird, but I ended up dropping out. Uh, But, yeah, so you ended up going to college after that, right?
1: Right, yeah. I originally started in nursing, and I got my two-year nursing degree. Um, I worked worked at a local hospital for a while and realized it wasn't for me, so... I decided to be really masochistic masochistic and go back to school. Mm. And I'm going for computer science right now with um, a minor in math and Spanish. And I'm hopefully gonna go to law school to specialize in intellectual property at some point.
0: That's pretty cool, uh, okay.
1: It it wasn't easy to go through all of that. Um, At one point I was actually living out of a hotel while going to school. Um, just cause you know, when you're, you're young and where I'm at, um, you don't actually legally become an adult until you're 19. So you can't actually sign contracts. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely made things a lot harder on me than it probably should have been.
0: Yeah. Um, I know there are some other things that you can't do until you're 25, even like rent a car, for example. Um, uh, it's really not easy and people don't really understand necessarily just how hard it is to be a 16 17 year old kicked out of your house it's it's impossible almost and I honestly yeah I, I don't know how I managed it at 18 it's it's scary and and I just don't know how people do it but I am glad that you made it out. I mean, I'm so glad to hear that you... Uh, now, how how old are you now? 24. 24. You've made it this far. And I, I mean, I know that I've lived poor. I don't know about you, but I've lived dirt poor before. I haven't had a penny to my name before. And... Well, I
1: mean, I was a 16-year-old trying to pay rent. Believe me, I know poor.
0: Yeah. It's not fun. It's wrong that religions do this and somehow get away with it under religious protections and freedoms. It's it's wrong. It's just wrong.
1: I mean, I can definitely agree with that. And one thing that I, I've never been able to understand is how some families can basically kick their, their kids out into the cold, you know? Yeah. Like, I was lucky I still had some connection with my mom. I wasn't, like, fully excommunicated or anything like that so she did help me out from time to time and I had a lot of good um I lived like a lot of the local churches gave out food things like yeah. that but you know for like I like from what you were saying I don't know how you were able to do it because I barely um, scraped by by the skin of my teeth I don't yeah. know how you're able to do it with not having like any family support
0: gotta do what you gotta do and honestly I did I didn't have my family but I did have um Crate, who's on the podcast with me, she's been helping me. I had her, and I had her family. They helped me out a lot. So there is that. But a lot of people don't have family at all, and that's just insane, you know? Something's got to be done. Something has to be done about this. So let me ask you this. Uh, Where are you now? Are you an atheist, or are you religious, or where do you stand with it now?
1: Oh, completely atheist. And I know I may get a lot of hate for this, but I am very against any form of conventional religion at this point because I I see too many parallels between even just like your conventional Methodist um, and the church I grew up in. Um, A lot of the churches I see are like two steps away from being where I was at. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. No, I'm on the same page, honestly. I think that. Uh, conventional religion is okay, I guess, but the moment it gets harmful is the moment I part ways. I don't accept it. I mean, you can believe what you want to believe. I don't think that it's rational or or, or any of that stuff, but the moment it starts actually harming people, then it becomes an issue with me. And honestly, I feel like on on a low level, religion is harmful in a way just you know all the time like in some ways just the idea of accepting a belief without question is kind of of harmful inherently right
1: well i definitely agree with that you know at at this point you know i i studied a bunch I've studied a lot of different sciences and I've been through college a couple times now it's hard for me to be able to accept anything without you know a lot of proof behind it I I think that asking people to give up their critical thinking skills in order to accept things that were written down four thousand two thousand years ago yeah it is inherently harmful just because yeah. it, you're creating people who are dependent on what have you for knowledge as opposed to being able to teach them how to figure it out themselves.
0: Yeah, I definitely can agree with that. It's been an interesting talk. I appreciate you coming on and, uh, I'm going to move on, but I will talk to you on the patron server. Okay.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. I know that, uh, the, the term anti theist has kind of gone through a, something of a rebranding lately, uh, where originally anti theism was a positive claim that God doesn't exist. And I think that a lot of a lot of activists and people in my community are trying to rebrand it as um rejecting or okay, so anti theism as they are presenting it or or in their view is Uh, believing that religion is harmful inherently to society and that it should be uh, basically done away with. You know, I'm friends with all of these people. I'm friends with Shannon Q. I'm friends with Genetically Modified Skeptic and Apologia and all of them. And I know them, and I can tell you that they do not believe in violence, any of them. And I, of course, don't believe in violence either. So they're not saying in a... In a violent or through violent means. They're saying they just think that we should be working toward the goal of eradicating harmful religion. Um, and, you know, like I said, I can agree with that. Uh, I, I agree with that goal. I think that that's a laudable goal, and I support them in it. But I'm not ready personally to take on the name of anti-theist yet. I will stick to atheist for this moment and support their goals. So we'll just go with that. There were two more people I wanted to get to, right? Uh, who were the other... Yeah, Uncle Iroh. Let me see. Are you there? Can you hear me? Uncle Iroh?
2: Yes. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm fine. Um,
0: it's good to hear. I'm a bit tired. Oh, you're tired? I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What time is it for you? You're in Europe, aren't you? Uh,
2: it's 2.44 um, a.m.
0: That is so early. I'm sorry I couldn't do it earlier. So tell me. Uh, I'm sorry. It's, that's it's so okay. late. Can
2: I am... Um... I actually um uh, went to sleep and then woke up. Oh, so perfect. Would, uh, that works. Uh, and, and, you know, set my, my alarm clock, so it will wake me up in time for the podcast. But I slept over um, over it, so I slept a little too long, so I missed much of it. I'm
0: sorry. Oh, no, no, it's fine. We had an interesting little fiasco. It's taken care of now. So uh, tell me, what religion were you originally? Are you still religious or...
2: No, um, Catholicism. I okay, guess. interesting. Um, yeah, uh, so Norway has, you know, uh, always been kind of secular in the sense that they don't take religion too seriously. I mean, when I grew up, I had this subject in school called, um it was KRL, which was uh, Christianity, religion, and
0: Christianity religion and it was KRL you said
2: and, No, no, sorry KRS which is uh, K-R-S. the society lore or teachings
0: got you interesting it, okay it's,
2: it's basically a, uh, it was basically a, a combination of, of, uh, of religion and and social studies.
0: Okay, very interesting. So what kind of stuff did they teach in that exactly? And this was in a public school, or well, was this at uh, your well, church? Well,
2: they, they taught what to expect to be taught in a, in a social studies class, but they also focused heavily on Christianity. Okay. Uh, and they, they didn't say necessarily, you know, outright that this is true, but they focused on, on uh, Christianity way more than other religion. They were kind of just uh, mentioned in passing. And, and then the Christianity was the the thing we focused on when religion was topic.
0: Right, very interesting. Okay, so this was at church, right?
2: No, 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 this was uh, at school.
0: No way, it was, really?
2: Yes way. Oh, uh, they, they, uh, they changed it later on, uh, after I stopped the primary, going to... Primary school. By the time I started high school, it had been changed. To, you know, that to is more uh, Focus on social social studies.
0: That's insane. That's crazy. I mean, it seems crazy to me. Surprisingly, because I'm in America, and America has this whole thing about separation of church and state. And I'm, you know, I'm yeah, lucky we had the, that uh, it we does. Had
2: state church for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it we we became a 100% secular country in 2016, I think.
0: That's not bad. Okay, well, that's good to hear. Yeah, so, uh, yeah
2: we did. We did. Uh, we, we did Actually, we have a full separation between um, the state and church. So right,
0: I think that um, I I know I'm gonna get these numbers wrong, but from what from what I remember, uh, in God We Trust was added to money in like the 50s or something, and it was also One Nation Under God, part of our Pledge of Allegiance, was added to the pledge in the 50s. It was this big scare, um, and they removed Bibles from classrooms around the same time and everything. Uh, yeah,
2: I, I, I don't think we ever had a Bible in in class. I think it mm. was more like I remember a teacher having one on their desk and said, if you want to look at it, you can borrow it after class. Oh, well, that's a little bit different, I guess. Week. Right. So. Oh, that's interesting. So uh, but, you
0: said you were Catholic, right? Yeah. Is what it was.
2: Yeah, um, at, at least we call in the Catholic Church. My mom was more religious than I was. She, ne- she was never very militant, and my dad just said he didn't have an opinion. Uh, right. Not too, uh, too surprising, really, because my grandma was a very pious woman. Yeah. Uh, like, a very sweet woman, but she was, was very, very religious, and <laughs> I, I remember um, going... Buying groceries for her, and I was supposed to buy strawberry yogurt, and I bu- I, I bought the wrong brand, and she was like, "Oh my god, oh no, no!" Oh
0: right? My god. Yeah. Oh man! I,
2: like, I think my dad. Uh, she was like um, eighty-eight then, um, but anyway. <laughs> right. That's really uh, I, uh, interesting. She was still very, really, um, very you know, um, yeah, okay, very f- pious, and my dad got kind of fed up when he grew up.
0: Right, so how do you feel about, like, the Catholic Church specifically now? Are you... Well, uh,
2: when I was a kid, I had no, you know, um, I I didn't know about the child abuse thing and and, and so on. Right, of course. So I was kind of shocked when I learned about that in my early teens. But to me, (laughs) I I think I had the most anticlimactic, um, like, uh, view in church ever because... To me, church was the the house of God. No, no, no. Um, To me, a church was this big, old, gray, almost depressing stone building where I had to sit on a bench. Right. And uh, that wasn't very comfortable. And listen to a guy talk about... I didn't know, talk about stuff I didn't understand.
0: It was like boring almost.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was boring. And it wasn't only boring, it was insulting because he would... These um, droning speeches, or whatever uh, you want to call it, the sermons, yeah, it was sometimes you know broken off by songs that were that sound like they were written by someone who was tone deaf or hated Yeah, uh,
0: I know what you mean. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses never had like a youth program or anything like that, so all of the kids had to sit in there with everybody else. And it was just boring as sin, and the songs were. Actually, the songs when I was growing up they weren't too terrible. I understand they're pretty bad now, but not not too bad growing up. Uh, so yeah. I assume your church didn't have like a youth program or anything either.
2: No, um, there's this other other church which is connected mm. to the scout group. Yeah. Um, which is like a Methodist church. Um, I, I was uh, like a scout leader there for a while. Right. Um, before I started uh, in a theater group, and uh they had this this program where they had made uh, a homemade religious song for kids with with dancing and so and so on
0: okay interesting yeah i don't know a lot about the inner workings of catholicism like i'd really like to go to a catholic church a a, a catholic mass one of these days and just kind of get the experience you know yeah I think it'd be pretty um, it, interesting. It was, you
2: know, I, I don't know how uh, Catholicism is uh, practiced in um, in uh, other countries, yeah. but uh, my experience, as I can remember at least, was mostly that we we kind of sat there. We had this. Uh, we had, they had a priest speaking. We had like um, I don't know what you what you call it in in English this. Thing where you sat uh, on your knees before the priest and he and he blessed you. Uh, um,
0: I think I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the word for it either. I bet somebody will say it in the uh, in Discord. <laughs> but go on, you were saying.
2: Yeah, and 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 then we sang some some hymns, and then it was over basically.
0: Right. Interesting. Yeah, I understand that uh, there's a lot of variation in catholic masses and catholic churches in general Um, but a lot of the time i I think most catholic churches do some similar things like communion and confession and they'll pray the rosary and you know things like that right
2: yeah um so uh, I have only been to two Catholic uh, churches. The one was the one where I grew up, and the other was when I used to go to church with my grandma. Mm. And uh, and it was pretty similar, you know, different churches, different people, but yeah, but, uh, mo- mostly the same stuff. Right. The only the only difference was <laughs> the only difference was that uh, that. Um, Priest on the on the uh, second church where my grandma went, yeah, was way more, was younger and way more laid back. Once he ended a sermon early to, to turn on the football game, on the big screen, right. And yeah, my grandma never quite forgave him for that. Oh,
0: that's funny, man. You know what? She loves fuming. There's like a part of a part of it is interacting with people and being close to them and hanging out, you know, I mean, you can't always be stuffy. Right. Yeah. It right. seems to me, but
2: so, so, so by and large, by and large, uh, it, uh, it has been very undramatic. Yeah. Um, I, I had to pull or up that the is happening to me though. Right. Uh, in a sense that how that with this, when I was in sixth grade, I had a friend over who started asking if we were Christians and stuff, and uh, he was supposed to uh, spend the night. Right. And uh, and we were sitting at the dinner table, and he started asking if we were Christians. And my mom said yes, my sister and I said yes, uh, my dad honestly said, oh, I, I don't care, I don't have an opinion. Right. And. And, and after that, he Magnus kind of you uh, could see that something was troubling him and stuff. And I, I woke up in the middle of the night because he he had an address on the floor next to my bed. And I heard him make these weird noises. I tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't respond. He was just kind of lying there staring. And I thought oh my God, something is wrong. So I got my dad. And, and uh, my, my dad... Picked him up and carried him downstairs, and he had told me to stay in bed and told me that Magnus was just sick. He was going to get to be fine. And the morning after, Magnus wasn't there, and my dad told me, told me that oh, he was picked up by his parents and, uh, uh, tonight because he, he had he was sick.
0: Really? And, okay. But,
2: yeah, and on Monday when school started, Magnus just told me couldn't he couldn't, talk, couldn't uh, play with me anymore. And I, <clears throat> I found out a few years later when my dad f- f- figured I was old enough, yeah, uh, that Magnus had had a panic attack because he was afraid of my dad going to hell while we while we went to heaven. Really? Uh, yeah. And when my and when the and when, uh, so so he 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 was you know in a state of shock or something when my dad took him down, and the only way they can manage to calm him down was by. My dad, you know, fetching the Bible from a shelf, uh, my mom's Bible, and and finding some random passage about God loving everybody. Right. Yeah, that... and they called his parents, and they went up to pick uh, pick him up, and my dad was really pissed off and threatened to call child services on them.
0: Man, that is insane. Some people yeah. are are yeah, so my, obsessed uh, my, with uh, that, you my, know.
2: My dad uh, asked them like get their priorities straight the kid first religion after yeah uh, and yeah. what the hell we do, you know taught this kid and and, so, and that's why the parents said uh, he couldn't be friends with friends with me anymore because they resented my dad
0: see that's a, a big problem that i have with religion is the fact that it drives wedges between people that don't need to be there you know absolutely it's a um, shame
2: on on the other end of the scale uh, where i think isn't that dramatic or serious is yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so many people might have heard this story before, because uh, it's come up uh, in in the voice chat and stuff. A few years ago, my, uh, my grandma, who I mentioned is not dead. Mm. Uh, she, she turned 94, so... Um, I, I don't think I told you this when I told earlier. Um I, I once managed to get a priest to swear in church. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so um, I walked past the church where, that my grandma used to go to, or that I used to go to with her. Right. And I just you know went inside. and sat down at this spot. She she had hold a uh, uh, how 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 say this, so she had trouble hearing and had poor eyesight. So, uh, yeah, the same yeah uh, Euler, the same church with the football. Um, before the football game. Right. Uh, so, so. Sorry, I'm I'm uh, mumbling.
0: Oh no, Let's no, see. you're fine. So you're saying it was okay. the same church as the the whole yeah. football game thing, where the guy turned yeah. on the football game.
2: Yeah, but this was a this was a different priest. Right. It was, uh, oh, it was a different priest. One. Okay. Yeah. Uh, basically, I just went inside. I sat down at this spot that was held off for my held off for my grandma way at the front because she had poor and was right. and, and so on. And uh, I just kind of sat there for like 10 minutes just reminis- reminiscing about my grandma and then I stood you know, stood to leave and then the priest showed up and I was like, oh, hello, Simon, how are you? And we just you know, kind of exchanged pleasantries for a little bit. Right. And then he asked, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. So uh, do you go to a different church now? And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm an atheist. I oh, just no. went for yeah. my, my uh, grandma's sake. Uh, and then he became kind of uh, defensive and stuff and eventually asked me, just tell me why don't you pray just in case you're wrong
0: okay, uh, yeah, Pascal's wager
2: yeah, my immediate response was, and I quote for the same reason that I don't hang garlic above my door in case there's vampires
0: right, exactly, that's a good response
2: yeah, and and his immediate response to this was uh, was um, how do I put this? the Norwegian equivalent of what the hell? How can it be so disrespectful? Uh, no, 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 sorry. What the fuck? How can it be so disrespectful? Right? Get the hell out.
0: Oh, man. That is awesome, that though.
2: Was...
0: <laughs> I mean, that was a good yeah, response. Uh, I, That's I, a good point, right?
2: Yeah, but I mean, religion is very important to people, so I don't yeah. know if I'm supposed to feel bad about it because I offended him. But at the same time, when I tell people about this, sometimes they even give me an ovation and say, oh, well done. That's quite an accomplishment. I'm like, thanks. Right. Okay.
0: Well, here's the thing about it. Um, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, and I'm gonna actually talk on that subject for a second before I take the next guest. Is that okay?
2: Yeah, absolutely. All um, right, it was interesting.
0: Yeah, thank you for coming on. It's um, been pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thanks. Uh, sorry if I've been ranting and stuff.
0: No, no, you're fine. Yeah, that was uh, that's a really good good point. So here's the question: um, Should where is the line with with offending people how do you how do you tell something to somebody without offending them like he was saying the the preacher asked him why don't you just pray just in case and his response was for the same reason I don't hang garlic above my door in case there are vampires because I just don't believe it and that couldn't I don't think that could have been a, a more perfect analogy um, that's a good point. They almost certainly don't accept the vampires are real uh, in the same way that you don't accept that God is real. But they take offense to it. My thing behind this is their offense is taken, not given, okay? So you need to be a little bit less sensitive about things. First of all, the onus is on you, to not get offended at things that people say. On the other hand, there is such a thing as just being disrespectful for no reason. Uh, I don't think that that was disrespectful. He asked a question. He opened the door. He said to you, why don't you just pray just in case? Now, he was inviting an answer from that moment on. From From the time that came out of his mouth, he wanted to know what your answer was. If he doesn't like that answer, then that's his problem, honestly. But if you walk into a church and start saying things to them that are rude for no reason, for, without being prompted or anything, that's just being disrespectful, and that's not helpful. If you're having a conversation with somebody about religion, I will, I will tell you this. Statistically, you are more likely... To uh, you are more likely to bring somebody to your side of a conversation if you're respectful and kind and nice to them than if you mock them. Mocking people is not helpful, is not progressive, doesn't get anything done except locking them into their position. Uncle Iroh actually just said to me, people are to be respected, but you don't have to respect their opinions. So that's true. You don't have to respect their opinions, but you should at least show the people respect. Um, I don't know, There's a, there's, a, there's a problem right now in the community with disrespectfulness. I'm not going to sit here and demand that you be respectful to everybody, but I'm going to tell you that you are actively harming progress. You are hindering progress uh, every time you mock somebody or you're rude to somebody about their beliefs. You just cause the backfire effect. They don't want to... They're not willing to move over anymore. They're not willing to change their, their mind or position anymore because they felt disrespected. So if we can get our point across without being disrespectful then we can statistically get more people to understand, to be on on the right side of things, whatever side that may be in whatever conversation it is. All right, well, All right. I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll just wrap it up. Did you have something you wanted to uh, mention, uh, Crate?
1: Yeah, you said... Uh to be respectful and insult as little as possible. I was going to say to incorporate vampires into your response as frequently as possible.
0: Right. I don't think that there was anything wrong with that response, honestly. I mean...
1: I think think it was great.
0: Yeah, I think it was fine. He invited a response. In that very specific case, I think it was fine. Um, But being disrespectful... Like legitimately disrespectful that doesn't help that that only hurts so uh, try not to do that if you know if you find yourself in conversations with religious people anyway yeah I appreciate you guys coming on and I will talk to you next time